So the moral is, you can make massive, massive progress without being a full-time athlete. You can get to the caliber of being up there with the elite or RX or wherever it is that you want to be. All you need to know is... Welcome to Renegade Performance Radio, where we help everyday people like yourself to become fitter, stronger, faster, well-rounded, and fulfilled athletes. Through the lessons, failures, and success we have achieved over the past 10 years on our journey as CrossFit Games athletes and now coaches. Welcome Renegades to episode 2 of Renegade Performance Radio. I'm Zach Nothing and I am your host for today. So today I want to talk to you about a commonly held belief that I believe is false. And this can be quite damaging to the success of many of you if you do hold this because it's going to put limitations on what you actually think you're capable of achieving. And so the belief is that you need to be a full-time athlete to actually be successful in this sport or to kind of reach that level of um, RX or eliteness. And I actually had this belief myself um, and it wasn't until uh, about 2016 uh, or 17 when we started actually training other athletes uh, out of the out of our um, initial core group, that um, that belief was broken for me. Um, and what I realized um, is that more isn't better; that better is better. And so I had been training the super high volume kind of like professional athlete life. Obviously, I still worked. Um, we were we were running the gym at the time. But uh, work was not a priority for me at that point in my life. It was just enough to keep the doors open, really, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. And everything was about training as much as possible. Um, and so before we get into it, like, let's identify that there's kind of like there's two groups of CrossFitters, two types of CrossFitters. There's those who do CrossFit for like general health and wellness, and this makes up about 90% of the CrossFit population. Then there's those that dabble in CrossFit competition, and this makes up the other 9.9%. But then if we dive that a little bit deeper, the third group, which is a subgroup, uh, there's about 0.1% that are actually sort of RX athletes um, or a step up that you'd consider kind of elite athletes. And so this information is largely targeted those of you that want to be better athletes in regards of skill development, performance, uh, competition, uh, anything like that. And so for most of you guys, majority of the CrossFit population, you don't have three hours to train per day. And the question you ask yourself, um, if you did, would you be better? And I could say to you, maybe, but also maybe not. All right. And so when it comes to being a great athlete, it's not about how much you train, but more about the quality of that training when you do get to train. So what would you consider quality training? And for me, quality training means that it's time efficient, which means focusing on the right things when you're in the gym. So what is the right thing? The right thing, well, well that's the million dollar question. Like the right thing is... Whatever is holding you, the individual, back the most, it's whatever is causing your logjam. Now, to take it kind of a step further, 
we want to identify the one thing that if you fix that, all the other things that you could do would become less important. And interestingly, that one thing that you, if you did that, then you would, everything else would actually improve as well. Okay, and sometimes this isn't even stuff in the gym. This can be stuff outside of the gym too. And so, proof in that the system kind of works is like of the twenty odd athletes that we've had qualify for the CrossFit Games, I think there's only about four or five that I would consider to have not normal jobs. So, for example, that uh, I would consider a not normal job like a CrossFit coach who has the flexibility to kind of train at like in the morning and then again in the afternoon and has like extended hours of the day where they have way more free time than like kind of someone who works a nine to five. Okay. And so that means that we had like Kirsten and Rachel, both teachers, Rachel's swim teacher, Kirsten's a teacher, high school teacher. Uh, Harry was like a geologist. We had uh, Richie, who's a lawyer, then Tegan is a lawyer. Mikey Rankin was a construction manager. Uh, Megan was like a fashion designer. Gemma was an events uh, planner. Um, we had like a whole, we've had a whole village of different careers of people come through and then still manage to achieve that high performer status. And so don't, don't get me wrong, like it's a lot simpler if you're a full-time athlete because you can do what you want and you can fart around and you can spend as much time in the gym all day, every day as, as you wish. But this just isn't reality for majority of people. And majority of people, you don't necessarily want that to be your reality either because to be perfectly honest, your life cycle as a CrossFit athlete is pretty short. Like, there's only a handful of people in the world that manage to actually make uh, their career as a CrossFit athlete last very long. And that means that you don't necessarily want to give up everything in your life in order to achieve success in the sport. So you want to be able to achieve the success in the sport while still having uh, a background of all the other things that are important, like an actual career. And so... For those of you that are just, uh, say for example, you're just even at scaled and you want to get to that intermediate level or you're intermediate and want to get to RX or RX and you want to be a high performer in RX, you don't even have CrossFit Games aspirations. That's absolutely fine. You can use the same system to be super time efficient when you're in the gym. So what does this look like in real life? Well, what you're going to do is you're going to start off with your main program, okay? So this is the base of what you do. Um, so this is like, for example, if you train in a CrossFit gym, this is the class program that you follow, okay? Now, don't get me wrong. Chances of you qualifying for the CrossFit Games on just a class program, extremely slim. But with that being said, that can still be the base of your program, and it's actually a great way to train because it's awesome. It's a great environment, and I think everybody needs to be coached. No matter how good you are, being coached is one of the most valuable things you can do. Even if you're more experienced than the coach in the room, having their eyes on you is so valuable. And so anyway, when it comes to the program, if I was to pull out like five of the top programs, like Mayhem, Hardwick Pays Off, uh, Invictus, Us, Misfits, Misfits, whatever, and put them all together and then blind test you on them. So remove all the branding and any uh, specific terminology and blind test you on these programs. I think it'd be virtually impossible for anyone, apart from the people that wrote the program, to know what uh, whose program was who. And so... So full disclosure and full transparency and honesty right here, I that that's what I believe. I believe that the program 
is very similar when you get into these kind of uh, top caliber programs. And so it doesn't really matter at this point what program you're following. But it matters what you're doing inside that program. <clears throat> and so say you're only able to train sort of four to five times a week for around an hour at a time. Um, it's going to be physically impossible for you to address every single thing that comes up in CrossFit. So what I mean by that is if you're following like a normal program of a class program or something like that and you need to get better at pull-ups, chances are pull-ups aren't going to be in the program that frequently that you're going to be able to actually make improvement on them, which means that you need to get some additional specific exposure to them. Now, just doing pull-ups is not going to be enough to actually improve your pull-up capacity. You'll get a little bit better, but it's not enough. What you need to be doing is you need to be saturating that weakness, but you need to be saturating it with the thing that's holding you back inside of pull-ups. Okay, so usually there could be, there'll be something else that's holding you back, that's preventing you from actually being good at a particular movement or having great capacity at that particular movement. And that's where the magic happens. It's identifying what that thing is that is actually holding you back and then identifying, uh, creating a strategic plan to follow, um, which is going to fix it. And we want to saturate that as well. So with that we'd look to probably do something along the lines of some additional specific accessory work to that the, to the thing that needs to be focused on. And so realistically, most people, if they're training kind of an hour a day and they want to be good at CrossFit, they could probably find an extra sort of 10 minutes. Most people, 10 minutes three times a week is realistic. And then if they've got a little bit more flexibility and they really want to go hard, they could probably push that to the 20 or 30 minute mark a few times a week. And so... From that, that's when they're going to start following something that's progressive and comprehensive, and that's going to allow them to move forward. So, for example, I've worked with athletes who have had really average handstand press-ups, um, and that's drastically affected them in things like the, the open, like when the handstand press-up workout came out, and there were super strict standards. And so, from that, we then and went and saturated their handstand press-ups. But the thing that we also did was we reduced the volume in other areas of other things in order to free up time so that we could saturate that thing that needed work. So what this did is it drastically increased their capacity on the thing that they sucked at. But then like magic, the areas that were reduced in volume also improved as there was massive crossover development from that handstand press-up strength. So things like their muscle-ups got way better because their pressing strength was significantly better. All of their overhead movements like jerks and snatches, significantly better, bigger numbers, more efficient, um, better capacity, like cycling massive loads of like snatches and, um, and jerks because they just had such good shoulder strength that was developed from working on their handstand press-ups. And then things like their handstand walking drastically improved as well because of their stability from the amount of time that they'd been spending upside down. So through their program focusing on their handstand press-ups, everything else got to improve because they were focusing on the most important part and they were focusing on it continuously and progressively, which therefore makes them extremely time efficient, gets them to the point where handstand press-ups are no longer a weakness. And then once you're at that point, then you can just put them back into the program and you can just follow it normally and you'll be in a position where you're just going to be getting enough exposure to them to be able to uh, maintain your development of that particular movement. 
And so it all comes down to getting that breakthrough, breaking through that glass ceiling so that then you can maintain it in the future with your normal programming. And so that's where the saturation focus on particular movements becomes so, so effective. So like another one, for example, is I was working with someone who had pretty average lifting numbers, but they had tidy lifting technique. So common logic would be to just lift more, right? But the reality is for this athlete, their technique was actually really sound and they weren't going to benefit from hours and hours of additional lifting. They had to build some excellent base strength. So over a three-month period, just um, super uh, focused training on that strength development and reduced volume of lifting to free up time. And then magic, once again, all the lifting numbers went through the roof and PRing and everything after not even like sniffing a PR for like well over a year. So the moral is you can make massive, massive progress without being a full-time athlete. You can get to the caliber of being up there with the elite or RX or wherever it is that you want to be. All you need to know is A, what you should be focusing on and then B, how you should be approaching it. And then you can stop wasting your time in the gym and do what matters most. And there is plenty of athletes at the top level who proved this with uh, holding like full-time jobs. Like Julie Fouché was a uh, doctor. Um, Brent Fikowski was, uh, they call him the professor. I can't remember what his job is. Actually, I think he's an accountant. Yeah, full-time accountant. And so like these are top-level games athletes that I'm talking about here that are still able to be at that elite level and not actually and be able to perform because they're super time efficient with the way that they train so it's not more that's better better is better thank you renegades and i'll catch you again soon if you're ready to become a renegade reach out to us at renegadeperformance.co.nz and start a free 14-day trial to see how we can help you break through your plateaus